God bless you. Pray that you're having a great day. Amen. Our day's better because you're here with us. And uh, we're looking forward, amen, to being able to take you, amen, deeper down this revelation that we've been talking about in being consecrated to God. And if you weren't able to see the last two episodes, amen, when we began this subject matter, I'm telling you, you can go back, you can binge watch, amen. You're definitely going to want to get those episodes because what we're going to be talking about today is going to complement that. Amen. If you haven't already, hit that like and subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. Every Monday, we have a new episode that is released for Kingdom Concepts, and we would love for you to be able to receive it because God's the one that directed us That's to right. do this program, to be able to help families and to help people, amen, to have success and to be strong in your walk with God and in your life for God. And so that's what we're doing, amen. Grab your Bible, grab a notebook. You're always going to want to take notes because a lot of nuggets and meat falls in this place, amen, when we come together. So we're going to have a great, great time today. We've been talking about being consecrated. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. How important is it to have a consecrated life once you become born again? Well, I've said it the last two episodes. It's a matter of life and death. <laughs> it really is. You know, uh, how are you going to live your life with the Lord? How are you going to live? Are you going to live live a life full? You know, are you going to live a life the fullest to where when you're when you die and go to heaven and you're standing there, you've lived the life that God has for you. You've lived that life that He meant for you to have. Or are you going to be saved, die, and go to heaven and just have lived a life? Is there a difference between being uh, born again and being consecrated? Yes. Well, yes, I, I can. There's a lot of people that are born again. They're not consecrated. You know, they love, they've said the sinner's prayer, but they live their whole life, you know, just for themselves. You know, they, they're not uh, doing anything for the Lord. They're not living for the Lord. They just have the benefit of being saved. And so there's a big difference. There's a lot of people that are, uh, you know, they're born again. They, they love God. But, you know, and, and I hate, I always hate, hate to say that love God, because if you love God, you obey his The word says so. that when you love the Lord, mm -hmm. to love God is to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. That's mm -hmm. what it is. I remember when you would say, oh, but they love God in their heart of hearts. They really love God. I remember we would always do that mm -hmm. whole benefit of the doubt. And I or just one day I said, you know what? You need to quit. Stop saying that. <laughs> and you said, why? And I said, he does not love God. Mm -hmm. I said, if he loved God, he wouldn't be doing those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're like. What is I said, what does the word say? The word says if we love him, you'll obey his commandments. You'll obey his commandments. And his commandments are not hard They're to not. obey. You know, and God keeps things so simple. You know, like um Matthew 6:33 was one of the scriptures that helped me so much when we first got saved because everybody wants to 12-step everything and add all these different things you have to do. And I love that God keeps things simple. He said, seek first the kingdom, the of, kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of being right. And everything that you have need of in this life, he says, I'm just going to give it to you. Just it's added to you. It, it'll come after you. You won't have to go after it if we get that one thing right. And that is seeking him. And that is a decision that you make every single yes. day. And I don't know how you were raised or what your upbringing has been. You know, whether you were raised in church or, or were never raised around church, whether you were raised in a home where you were taught that God is real, or maybe you've never even heard the name of Jesus mentioned in your home. But I can tell you this, God has a life that he wants you to enjoy. And some people sometimes give God credit for things that he didn't do. God doesn't make bad things happen, but God shows up and helps people in the midst of bad things. That's right. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. 
But what's amazing is that God says, there's a life that I want you to have. And he's done everything he can to make that life available to us. And it's a God, good life. It is. It's, it's good life. And, and he says that, you know, it, he wants the rest of our life to be the best of yes, our so. life. But uh, I think it's important for us just to jump in. Um, let's go uh, where we were talking about, you know, um, right now. In Jeremiah 29, we're going to read verses 11 through 13. You're going to want to hear this. This is powerful because this is God sharing his heart with you and I about the life that he wants us to have and his thoughts about us when it comes to this life. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye be up, come upon, then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search forth me for with all your heart. I love that. I love the Amplified Bible, too. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read that. Yeah, I was going to, but... For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. That's I love it. that. There's always something good in your future when Amen. you're living for God. Amen. Then you will call upon me, and I will come and pray to me. And you will come and pray to me. I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search me with all of your heart. I love that. when You you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I, I've looked for the Lord or I've, I've searched out the Lord and he's just not there. And I don't, I don't you know, I, I, I don't feel him. You know, are you searching with him with, for your, with your whole heart? Because his word is clear. If we search for him, if we call upon the name of the Lord, he's there for us. Amen. So it's not, I, I don't buy that. Oh, I, I looked for him or I searched for him and God's never there for me. That's not true. He's always there for us. I I can even, before I even got saved, I can look back at my life and feel those times. And now that I understand it was the Holy Spirit, now that I understand he was calling me and wooing me to him, I have so many instances in my life where I can go back and say, oh my goodness, Holy Spirit, you were drawing me. You were calling me to you. And I wasn't even born. I was even raised in a uh, Christian home. I was raised in a, well, not that I was, I was raised in the Catholic home, but uh, not that you're not a Christian if you're Catholic. That's Your not what I'm saying. God. That's not what I'm saying. My parents loved God, but I wasn't raised. Let me just say this. I wasn't raised in a church uh, that uh, was teaching me how to search for God. I was raised in a church where the priest would search God for me. And there's a difference. Yeah. And uh, search for God for me, and there's a difference. And um, I just remember so many times in the Catholic Church and in the church, being in church and the Holy Spirit drawing me. You know, times where we would have special services and they would have special priests come. And, and I could remember that drawing and that wooing of the Holy Spirit at such a young age. And he's there. You know, he's, he's not trying to hide from you. He's not trying to hide his uh, his will for you. He's not. He wants you to know his will for you. Yeah, he prepared this great life. Yes. And he wants us to enjoy it. And, and the thing is this, is that if you're going to have the good life, then you have to pursue it. it right. God doesn't create the good life when you get serious with him. The good life's already been made available, but... Too many people, they don't seek him or pursue him the way that they should to lay hold of that life. And me, I'm like you, you know, I was raised always believing in God. You know, my mother taught us that. And I can look back and see when God answered prayers that I prayed when I was in desperation or really bad things were getting ready to happen. 
And he granted those prayers, even though I wasn't saved. That's right. Now, if, if God's connected to me when I'm not doing good, how much more can I connect with him uh, when I'm trying to get close? That's right. You know, how much more will the life he wants me to have be experienced and enjoyed when I'm pursuing him? But what I've learned is that uh, when we got saved is that whatever attempts to draw us away from the our hearts away from God, those are things that we had to give That's up right. when we got saved. We had to change the people we were surrounded with, the things that we were doing, in the places that we would go, That's because right. those things would always pull us to to get away from God and to go back into this life that we hated, but yet. Um, you know, to have what God wanted for us, we we drew close to people that loved God and were running after Him, doing their best to give Him their best. We went to church every time the doors were open and there were special services. We would go to conferences and conventions because we wanted yes. to show the Lord, not that we're just here to take this good life you give us, but Lord, we want to honor you and honor your sacrifice. Right. What you did for us, we want to do the same thing for you That's right. by setting our lives apart from that life that you died to set us free from. And that is definitely a choice because, you know, God is a jealous God. He wants all of us, not parts of us. You know, he wants us to himself. Not that he's a jealous, like he's jealous of your success or jealous of, you know, yeah. he's the one that gave you life. But the thing is, this is that he doesn't want us to worship anyone but him. And that it's all to our benefit. Mm -hmm. It's all of it to our benefit. He's not asking us to do anything that will not benefit us. He's not asking us to give up things that are a benefit to us. He's asking us to give up things, to consecrate ourselves to him in every area so that it is a benefit to us in the future. When he asks you to quit drinking, it's not because, you know, he hates drinking. It is because... He knows that it is a benefit to you and to your body to quit drinking. If he asks you to stop talking to this person, stop being around this person, it's not because he hates that person or he doesn't like that person. It is because it is a benefit to you to not be around that person. You have that influence. Exactly. Yeah. So if we see every area in our life as God is trying to benefit us, God is mm -hmm. trying to, to put us in a place where it is easier for us to consecrate ourselves to him. When we see that, we don't see things that we have to give up as a loss. Mm -hmm. We see them as a necessity, not as loss. Yeah, what I've learned is that when I gave my life to Jesus, your life becomes other-centered. Oh, yes. And, you know, the more that you allow Christ to truly dwell in your hearts, the further you get away from being selfish. Because when you don't have Jesus, man, you're, you're, you are usually your best subject. It's all yeah. about me, myself, and I, what I think, what I feel, how this affects me. We're not thinking about other people. But when you accept Jesus, all of a sudden your life is more focused on others than it's focused on yourselves. And, and when you're truly grateful for what he's done for us, man, you're going to, the life that he died and bled for us to enjoy, that life that you just read about in Jeremiah. Man, it's like, I'm going to do everything I can to live for him. Mm -hmm. and, and that was my decision. That was your decision that we're going to choose to serve him. And I, I love, you know, when it comes to especially families, you know, when you make a decision that you're going to serve the Lord, um, I think of Joshua, not just because my name's Joshua, <laughs> but I think about Joshua in Joshua chapter 24, um, verse 15. And um, I'm going to read the latter half of that scripture. 
And this is what Joshua told the people of Israel. I mean, this is God's nation, his chosen people. He said, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves. That's it. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But notice this. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. Amen. Again, it's a choice. Amen. And when you are the, the, the leader of your home, whether you're a husband, you know, and a husband and a wife, or maybe you're a single parent, let me tell you something. Whoever is under your influence, amen, you have a right, amen, when it is your house, amen, to lead your family in righteousness. Now, your family will have the decision all on their own to choose the things of God or not, but when they're under your roof, amen, they will follow your example. You know, we just did a baby dedication on Sunday, and I always say the same thing at every baby dedication. I tell family and friends and godparents and aunts and uncles, whoever's there, I tell them the greatest gift that you can give children is a worthy example. Yes. yes. It's you showing them how much you love God and how important it is for them to be living a life that is consecrated and devoted to God in how you think, in how you act, how you react, how you behave, that you give God everything. That's right. You know, Amen. how important is it, Eliana, um, when it comes to what mo somebody knowing what motivates them to want to live a life that is totally for God. Because I understand some people, they serve God because they're afraid of hell. Oh, yeah. Or some people serve God because of material gain, because they're promised that, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, God will bless you. you yeah. know, how important is it for people to understand their motivation in surrendering their lives to the Lord? Uh, to me, this is my, just my opinion. Uh, my opinion, if your motivation isn't because you love God, everything else, it's wrong. I agree. Your motivation should be everything that we do should be because we love God. Everything sh flows out of our love for God. Everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we, we propose to do, like any career, any kind of uh, avenue, anything because we love God. And if we're not doing it because we love God, then we're doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for a selfish reason or we're doing it for somebody else. And you'll fail. Now, you if know, it's not done for love, you're going to fail. You're, Failure will be in your future when you don't do things for love. Yes. And... Uh, well, I, I will say there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of people out there that are very successful, though. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people out there, not to contradict you, but there's a lot of people out there that are successful. There's a lot of people out there that, that have done good things, and, and they're very successful financially, everything, but it's for their gain. You know, we're talking about doing things out of the love for the love for God. And if we do things out of love for God, then we're not going to fail People out there, they're doing good things, but it's not for God. It's not for the love of God. It's just good things. Temporal versus temporal, eternal. Temporal versus eternal. When you do things for, for the love that you have for God, it, it there's an eternal perspective. Right. It's like we're not just living for the moment, man. We are looking at eternity, That's knowing right. that, that if we live a good life, then people can be drawn to God through this life that we live, that sometimes your life is the only Bible that someone That's will right. ever read. I remember... When you started serving the Lord, man, I didn't say a whole lot to you because I knew I was living wrong, but I watched your life start changing, man. You you were up and at church every service. Uh, man, you just left me in the grave and started running after God. But I paid attention to that in it. And that's one of the reasons that I was influenced, amen, to, to make a decision that I, I wanted that life that God said yes. I could have, that life that was beyond me. 
And um, your influence played a big role yes. in that because you were running after God because you loved him and because you loved our daughter and you wanted her to have a better life than the life that we knew she would have had without. And, you know, I God. never even asked you to go to church with me. There's just my, you know, I just did it. I did not. I asked you one time. One time. That was the and first you time said you no. went to church. And uh, I, you said no. And because maybe you're here and you're maybe you, you have an unloved spouse or an unloved person in your home. Uh, I didn't I didn't tell him mm -hmm. I was a changed person. I showed him. And I I asked you one time to go to church. You didn't want to. I'm done. You know, I was leaving. And so I kept going to church. And uh, you just decided to go to church with me. It was a Sunday evening. I remember that. You just decided to go to church with me one time. And you got saved. And then I was like, oh, man, I got to stay with this guy. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Our marriage was horrible. But, you know, God, God changed us. And even in our marriage and our children, I feel like because we consecrated ourselves to the Lord because we chose to do everything, our marriage, raising our kids, because we loved God. I feel like that's why God has really has blessed us in this area, you know? Because God helped make things that we made crooked, God made straight. Yes. And and that that comes crooked. We done broke them. Broke we were, it. No, we were bent, not broken. <laughs> uh, but man, we 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 we're real close to being broke. Uh but it's like that that love of God, it it caught us in and I think it's important for people that they're the reason why they they serve the Lord and pursue God, uh, their focus needs to be singular. It's exactly what you said. It needs to be done for love. You know, yeah. Jesus, you know, appeared to the disciples, you know, like Matthew and them and told them, hey, hey come it. and follow me. You know, it wasn't because he promised that they were going to have a raise. It wasn't because yes. he promised that yes. they'd be rich. It wasn't because he promised them things, you know, other things. You know, it was them understanding the value of knowing that being with Jesus was enough. enough. Uh, learning what he had to teach was enough. You know, um, being united to the work of God, that was enough, enough for them to want to follow him. And I think that when you have a heart for God, really have a heart for God. No request that God will present to you will ever oh. be too difficult. You'll never answer God with a no, I can't do that, or no, I won't do that. When you love God, uh, you are going to live a surrendered life to where when you offer him your whole heart, your life will be uh, committed to a single purpose, and that is to love others the way that Christ would love them. Amen, amen. I love this scripture right here in Philippians 3. It says, when Jesus said to Matthew, because you were talking about doing it for just just to, because you love him, oh, not oh, for Philippians three eight. Philippians three eight. Uh, follow me. He didn't follow me. He didn't wait until Jesus promised to match or increase his present salary before he left of uh, left all to follow him. It was enough for him that he would get to be with Jesus, hear his word, and he unite be united with his work. We should become like Paul and say, I can't. <clears throat> I count all things. But lot, but loss for the excellency, ugh, excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Philippians three eight. He he, you know, he just followed. Like, that's the prize. That's the prize. That's one of the first <laughs> scriptures that we learn. You yeah, know? and and you know, and it's so important because when you look at like it, since you're in Philippians, when you look at verse uh, fourteen in Philippians chapter it three, says, yeah, I, it, you know, the apostle Paul said, "I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in." Christ Jesus, you know, he knew uh, 
I remember. You know. I remember when you were memorizing this scripture. I remember you stayed in the mirror. Yeah, all the time. And, you know, because it's like that. That's the that's the goal is to please Him. You know, we love God. God's been so good to us that He has. You know, we we've gone all over this world sharing His love with people in villages and in prisons and in back roads and back rooms and high places and low places. It's like God has taken us everywhere because we were willing to go anywhere. Amen. To show his love. And and that is a beautiful thing, you know, when you come to a place to where your life is just completely yielded to him, to where you quit asking him, when he asks you to do something, you quit asking him why. Why? Why? You know, you just don't do you, it. You don't need an answer. You just do it because you know he asked. And so our life should be totally surrendered to Christ. And so that all who become associated with us will experience the influence of the union that we have with Christ. You're, so many women are drawn to you. Your women's ministry, you know, uh, Accelerate, it just has taken off because so many women are drawn, not to your charisma, which you are a very charismatic woman, <laughs> and not to your beauty because you are a thank very you. beautiful thank woman. You, thank you. But you know, they are drawn to the influence that permeates off of your life because you have such a love for God and they want to have that kind of love. They see the love that you have for me. They hear our story and they're like, they can't imagine me being that guy that, you know, you say I used to be. And they can't imagine you being the woman that mm -hmm. you said you used to be. And they want to have that godly influence that you have. God's influence on you, they want you to have that godly influence in their lives. And it is truly a beautiful thing when people, when God can trust you to be someone that people can follow to find him. Amen. Well, God wants us all to be that way. He, he wants us all to do that. Uh, I, I like what you uh, wrote here. It says, when Christ is truly dwelling in our hearts, then self will be forgotten. It is only through the surrender of oneself that it is possible for us to fully enjoy all that he wants us to have. And when we do that, then we come into a place where we can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, so many people out there right now and it's the whole, you know, I don't know, trend to find a mentor, find a influencer, find a coach. a mentor, a coach and all those things, which are great because there's yeah. a lot of them out yeah. there. I mean, there's a lot of them. A coach and a mentor. Yeah. And yeah. A pastor, everything. People. But who who are we influencing? Who are we mentoring? Who are we uh, making an impact on? And are we doing it because of Christ in us or because of self? Mm. Are we doing it because we're we're coaching them and mentoring them to be like little mini me or coaching them and mentoring them to be like God, yeah. you know? And you know, in, in the life that we have for the Lord, because this is the thing is that a consecrated life is a life that you've put into service, into God's service. He can use you how he wants. And when our service to Jesus, you know, appears attractive, you know, uh, and not some religious obligation, you know, that we're doing this because we have to do this. But when people see that the reason why we serve him is because we love him, like what you said at the beginning of this, you know, when they see that it's not a chore, you have some people that it's like, they look at the Bible, like it's a rule book. It's, it's all the things that you can't no. do. And that's not the case, you know. Your life makes God look good. Your life makes serving him look desirable. And that's what God wants from all of us. I think the challenge is sometimes you meet some people that have said yes to Jesus, but they say no to living for him. 
and they do not make God look good, or they complain about living a righteous life, they complain about doing what God said to do, and it makes him look bad to others. You know, we want to live our lives in Amen. ways that cause God to look good. Amen. People should begin to take knowledge of Jesus when they see the obedience uh, of your love for him, when they see that what you do for God lines up with what you say. Amen. Yes, that's, it's, that's integrity. You know, when they see that your heart, that you you really love them because you love God yeah. and that, you know, what you have is real. It's a beautiful thing when you're, when God allows your life to have an influence on another life. It it, is. It's just such an honor. It is. And it's not a hard thing that he's asking you to do. All you have to do is say, Lord, help me, mm -hmm. help me to live a consecrated life. Help me to, to love you every day. Help me to make the choices that bring glory to your name. That's all you need to do. If you, you know, why don't you pray for them right now, babe? We'll just pray for you right now that, that you would just, you would yearn to follow Christ and you would yearn to live a life that is holy unto him. Because as you pursue him, I'm telling you, there is power that God will release and make available to you so that you can accomplish things that are impossible for others will become possible Amen. for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, Jesus. for every person, Lord, that is a part of this Jesus. broadcast. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, show yourself mighty in their lives. Jesus. Lord, just show them what a beautiful adventure of faith it is, Lord, living Jesus. for you and serving you. And I just pray, Lord, Thank take you, them Jesus. beyond the borders of everywhere they've Jesus. been. Take them beyond the best places that they have been with you and take them, Lord, into the unknown. Lord, take them, Lord, beyond the borders, Lord, and cause them to experience the abundant life, Lord, with new graces, new favor, new mercies, and new opportunities, Lord, to show people how beautiful you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.